Yeah, listen, if you've ever tried to talk to anyone at a food festival, this is how it goes. They're like, hey, how's everything? And then I'm like, hey, hey, hey. It's just hugging 100 people and talking about nothing to everyone. Yes. I really am reminded yes. of that scene in Night at the Roxbury where he's just like, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to Meet in Three, Heritage Radio Network's weekly food news roundup. This week is a special bonus episode, as our team is currently broadcasting live interviews from Charleston Wine and Food. For March 8th through 10th, we're bringing you conversations from the heart of the festival. To mark our fourth trip down to Charleston, we wanted to highlight some of our interviews from last year and give you a sneak peek into what you can tune into this weekend. For starters, we're welcoming back Glenn Roberts of Anson Mills. He'll be joined by Ann Marshall and Scott Blackwell of Highwire Distilling to talk about their recent trip to Oaxaca to learn more about Jimmy Red Corn, the original land race variety that's used in Highwire's bourbon. Last year, we welcomed Glenn to talk about another unique crop, purple ribbon sugarcane. This heirloom variety of cane was thought to be extinct, but was recently brought back to Georgia's Sapelo Island by Doc Bill Thomas and Jerome Dixon two business partners who make cane syrup and are recent inductees to HRN's Hall of Fame. In this clip, you'll hear from Glenn, then Jerome and Doc Bill, and finally, Chef Sean Brock. Sapelo's unique. It's the size of Manhattan, right? And, you know, so I'm, I'm holding forth in Jerome and Bill's territory. So the, the, the reality past that was that Steve Kresovich is, just happens to be the Coker Chair at Clemson University in genetics. And he happens also to be the world's foremost cane cereal geneticist. And he's worked in Sub-Saharan Africa. And when David put the proposition he said to Doc Bill, Doc Bill said, of course, that makes sense. Jerome said, yeah, I'm all in. And Steve Kresovich then said, okay, well, we'll get the genetics. And they looked and it wasn't there. And then that search started and Doc Bill was facilitating it. Jerome was facilitating. Steve Kresovich, they found some at the Botanical Gardens in Philadelphia. They would not release any for cuttings. Odd, since it's y'all's stuff. Um, and it was daunting. When we started, we only had 14 varieties of it. And that was so a, it's a small amount. And I'm talking about maybe at the most uh, 15 plants. And we took those 15 plants, and each year we planted, we planted, we got about an acre, about a little more than an acre. And every year, that's what we did. And we just kept replanting it and replanting it. And then this year we decided to pull some off, dealing with the heritage. We went through two hurricanes um, through this process. At that point, we said we need to pull the product off. And we wanted to get into the hands of very fine chefs that knew the historical content of the product and could really do the product justice. The first revelation occurred when I smelled it. I opened the lid and I took a whiff and I was really confused because it, it smelled like something that I wasn't supposed to smell like but it was something that I like made me sort of like high like it was like a you know it was like the yeah. the somatic side of things there was something like different and then I realized it smells like white truffles I really I mean if 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 you closed your eyes and I had you smell it and I told you it was white truffles, you would believe me. And that's when we get into the somatic side of food and, and that's where it becomes really, really, really fascinating. Um, and then, you know, when you taste it, that's, that's what sunshine tastes like. 
Listen to the full conversation between Glenn, Sean, Doc, Bill, and Jerome on episode 116 of Heritage Radio Network on tour. Another guest we're excited to welcome back this year is Steve Palmer, the owner-operator of Indigo Road, a Charleston-based restaurant group. He was just named semifinalist for Best Restaurateur James Beard Award. This year, he's joining us for our festival finale on Sunday alongside Jeb Aldrich of Tiny Lou's in Atlanta, which is part of the Indigo Road Restaurant Group, and Charleston Wine and Foods Executive Director Jillian Zettler. Steve is also the founder of Ben's Friends, a weekly support group that helps people in the hospitality industry who struggle with addiction. Here's a clip of Steve explaining why staying sober while working in restaurants can be so tough. I often joke that we are the island of misfit toys and I'm the mayor. Um, restaurant people are, are, it's just a different culture. We work at night. We work while everybody else plays. We work nights, weekends, and holidays. So our normal is Monday off, you know. Um, it's, but I think there's also um, culturally addiction in our industry has not only been accepted, it's been celebrated. It's been celebrated in the media. Oh, look at this chef's bourbon collection. Look at, you know, it, 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 partying has been celebrated. So I think, you know, restaurant people have this intense adrenaline rush at 8 o'clock at night when the restaurant's packed. Every, you know, and, the, and we thrive on that, by the way. But coming down from that when it's midnight usually involves lots of shots, lots of alcohol, sometimes drugs. Food festivals are notorious for late-night parties with free-flowing alcohol. To support chefs at Charleston Wine and Food who are choosing to stay sober, Ben's Friends is once again hosting a zero-proof after-party. You can hear more from Steve on episode 128 of Heritage Radio Network on tour. It's not Charleston Wine and Food without our annual wine coverage by HRN's own Sam Ben-Ruby of the Grape Nation. This year, tune in to hear him interview Jean Trimbach, a 12th generation winemaker of Maison Trimbach based in the Alsace region of France. Last year, Sam sat down with another winemaker who joined the family business, Robert Mondavi Jr. He's a fourth generation winemaker and explained to Sam how he got his start in viniculture. It might surprise you. So I'll tell you what, though, but it was amazing growing up in Napa Valley because you're with the vines, you're, you're with agriculture, uh, we have great farm-to-table foods there just as a way of life. But as you're moving through this, you ask the question, now, how, do you, how did you get into wine? So I did start early, and I started early because I love to, to duck hunt. And I took the car out when I was about 11, 12 years old, and I got stuck in the mud, and I burned out the transmission <laughs> and, and at, you know, on the ranch there. And when I burned out the transmission, I didn't have permission to take the car. Oh, and boy. my dad said, you're paying for it. And so I started working in the cellars to pay off the debt for the transmission because uh, I wanted to go and, and grab some ducks. You can hear more from Robert Mondavi Jr. on episode 115 of Heritage Radio Network on tour. Now, I'm super excited about our final preview. In case you hadn't heard, today, March 8th, is International Women's Day, and our schedule is full of women who inspire us. One of our most anticipated panels features The Ladies Who Pod, including Lindsay Collins of F&B Radio, 
Catherine Budig of Free Cookies, and Melissa Hall of Gravy, the podcast by the Southern Foodways Alliance. Lindsay joined us last year as well, hosting a pop-up episode of F&B Radio, a true embodiment of the Charleston restaurant scene. She and her crew sat down with Chef Kevin Getzowich, the chef at One Broad Restaurant. As you'll hear, it's always a party when Lindsay's involved. Um, I actually went in there just the other day for the first time, and I was sitting there at the bar, and I was like, thanks so much, Kevin, and you just looked dead at my face, and you go, oh, I don't you. know who you are. Yeah, That's that good. was Lindsay, Kevin. You looked a little... Um, Gorgeous. Tired. Gorgeous? Yeah, is gorgeous. that what you were going to say, Kevin? Well, this is getting worse, Kevin. You looked like you had your party pants on. So. I had my party pants on. And you had shades on inside, so I was like... That's not true, Kevin. Is it not? She looked you dead in the eyes, Kev. Is it not? I looked you right in the eyes and was like, this looks delicious. No, Thank you so much It was much amazing. The meal was amazing. I, I really, really enjoyed everything. We had this scrapple sandwich. You're doing some cool things for breakfast. I really, really wanted the lunch menu, but I wasn't going to be like... It, can you make lunch food now, even though it says it starts at 12? Hear more from Lindsay and F&B Radio on episode 130 of Heritage Radio Network on tour. And speaking of starting at 12, that's exactly when our live interviews begin today, Friday, March 8th. Tune in live at heritageradionetwork.org live and see our full schedule at heritageradionetwork.org slash Charleston 2019. Thanks for tuning in to this special recap of last year's Charleston Wine and Food. And catch us next week. We'll have a brand new episode about borders. Meet and Three is produced by Hannah Forden, Liza Hamm, Katie Mosman-Wadler, and me, Kat Johnson, with lead production this week by Kevin Wheeler. Our lead audio engineer is Matt Patterson with help from Amanda Wang. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Meet and Three is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food podcast network. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.